Rudden Talk SA, it's episode number 22. I'm Simon Parkinson. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever and whatever time you're listening to us. And hello to Brad Brown. How's it, Brad? Hey, Parky, it's a, it's a slightly croaky Brad Brown. I'm, I'm suffering with a bit of man flu. Well, at least you're good enough to get up out of your lazy pit and record this program for our runners this week. And, uh, of course, if you have got a croaky throat, that generally means you must watch where that, uh, that, that infection is going because, of course, it's going down to your chest. You're not allowed to get on the road. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not running at all. And the good news is uh, I'm not contagious via podcast, so you can still keep listening to the podcast, but uh, probably stay <laughs> away from me if you come into contact with me in real life. Now, listen, in the show this week, we've got loads of things, and I can tell you we're going to talk a little bit about the Comrades Marathon. Uh, as you well know, um, the entries are well and truly open right now and go through to around about the end of November. But uh, this last weekend, it was a night of honoring the truly deserving amongst the Comrades Marathon Association. And uh, they had once again their Spirit of the Comway, Comrades uh, uh, awards gala which celebrates uh, awesome individuals who basically give and make a difference in the comrades marathon and we've got some very 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 good news for you there and we'll be talking a little bit about that later on in the show you also sp spoke to tom cottrell right i did parky uh, if the name tom cottrell rings bells he's the guy who is the author of that green ned bank runner's guide that comes out every single year uh, they've also got a very busy website. So if you ever look for races or if you are, are looking at sort of race fixtures, you've pretty much come across Tom Cottrell's work. And I chatted to him about the book, how it comes about, uh, because he's coming up to deadline right now for the 2014 edition. And for those, I mean, listen, I am a huge fan of Tom's book. I think it's if anyone that uh, runs in South Africa, that has got to be the running Bible, right? Uh, I mean, you look at it, uh, you study it, you wonder whether you should do this, that, and the rest. I, I think it's a fantastic book. Uh, so that'll be interesting to listen to Tom. Uh, also, this uh, last week, I caught up with um, Ryan O'Connor. And for those of you that live in the Western Cape, you'll know that he is the breakfast show host for KFM and a very keen runner as well. The Outsurance Gun Run was a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I caught up with Ryan and asked him how his race went. I can tell you. It went pretty well. In fact, it was just over 90 minutes. Not bad for a breakfast show host. And uh, I remember days when I was doing breakfast and doing radio, and it was not about running. It was more about, well, a slightly more debauched life. So it seems to me that breakfast show presenters are starting to change their tune on the way that they uh, keep uh, and look after themselves. But, yeah, more coming up from Ryan O'Connor. I was going to say, Parky, they don't make breakfast jocks the way they used to. No. I, I, can you imagine <laughs> Jeremy Mansfield trying to run 21Ks? I mean, for goodness sake. <laughs> anyway, all of that's coming up on Run Talk SA. First and foremost, though, let's get into uh, the show and have a listen to what Ryan O'Connor had to say. Run Talk SA, and I have uh, the biggest breakfast show host in the Western Cape, and that is Ryan O'Connor with us. Hello, Ryan. How's it, Parky? It's good to have you on Run Talk SA, and I know that you are a person who loves fast things. Fast cars, fast life, fast breakfast show, fast everything. <laughs> so before I even get onto the running, I, I've come into the Cape Town studios, and I've seen the car that you're driving out there. <laughs> what is that thing? Uh, it's a new Bentley Continental GT. Um, they've recently uh, launched the car with a 4-litre twin-turbo engine. Beast, beast of a vehicle. 
It is beautiful. It really is. And the sort of value of that. Yes, correct. I looked at it and I went, oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't be taking this home with me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's way beyond my, I, th- I think we're, since it starts getting above uh, uh, 100,000, 200,000, then you get 2 million, 3 million, I stop asking questions. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> now, listen, we had the, uh, the, the outsurance gun run this yes. last week and, uh, yeah. and you had a phenomenal race. It I was mean, a great route. For uh, night, fantastic conditions. I yes. mean, you know, runner wakes up in the morning and you think a couple of things. First of all, you look out the window, you see, what are we dealing with today? Is it a cold day? Should I put the longs on? Should I put two layers of clothing on? Uh, doing a half, how many am I going to need to take off in this race? What time are we starting? Uh, these are the things that run through your mind amongst other things like how the muscles feeling, how the legs feeling today. Please don't let me down. Woke up. Perfect conditions, beautiful, a little bit of a chill in the air, two layers of clothes, got out there, and I just had this good feeling from the get-go. It was going to be a great run for me. And, I mean, one hour... 37. <laughs> uh, that's not a great run. That's phenomenal. <laughs> Thanks a million. Uh, i got to say that I, I got out the start, starting blocks very quickly. Uh, we did a small little introduction uh, to, to camera, to, to video before we started, and they pu- kind of pushed me in with all the, the guys in the front. And when that gun went off, they took off. I took off with them. And at about the one-kilometer mark, I, I've been using this Garmin um, a GPS a tra- running device for a while. And I got this vibration. I looked down. I saw 3 minutes 52 come up for the first kilometer, and I reckoned at that point, hang on a second here, I'm feeling good, but I, if I keep going at this pace, the wall's going to hit me a lot sooner than it should. Yep, yep. Uh, now, okay, so 137 comes in at an average of what, 450? Four, four yeah, which, yeah. Is, which is a phenomenal run. I mean, it's yeah, a really good thanks. run. Uh, how long have you been running? I mean, you, you know, wake up early in the morning, yeah. so training's going to be difficult, right? For me, for me, it's been a, it's been a drug for a long time. My drug of choice is running, and I, I think for me, it's it's about. And I don't enjoy running with people. For me, it's a shutdown time. Uh, I train Monday to Friday for at least an hour, an hour and a half on the road. Now that'll vary. An hour might be a ten or twelve k. Some days, other days it might be a eight k. In that hour, I'll slow the yeah. pace down completely and just be on that time. But that time for me is my meditation. I switch off from everything in the world, and it's me and the road and the. Sun of my feet and the tackies hitting that pavement each and every day. That is my switch off. And uh, as you know, getting up at 4 a.m. in the morning to, to get to work to do a breakfast show, your mind's constantly on the go. I realize when I get that time of the day where I've got to break away from the hustle and bustle of, of, of the hectic schedule, the road time for me is invaluable. Uh, so every day, I'd say hour and hour, half a day. And I would assume with no music. I mean, it's just no running. me and the road. And the strange thing, and I think runners, that's the amazing thing about running is that you don't actually realize the distance you cover if you've got the same route or similar route to do all the time yeah. you kind of go into a mode where you just you, you're gone for that hour and a half you, you, you're in a different world your mind gets transported to a place that's magical you come back sweating thinking to yourself I can't believe I've just covered 12 kilometers where was I at that corner or that corner no I just went through it I, I was doing what I love yeah and it clears your mind oh. And it's good for you. Magnificent. So, I mean, uh, the runs in the Western Cape, I mean, I know there's the two oceans and it's a fantastic half marathon. Yes, yeah. that. And the, the, the outsurance one, if you were to compare one with the other, route-wise? Uh, route-wise, I'd say that the, uh, the gun runs a lot flatter. I'd say that the old mutual two oceans half is a lot hillier, a lot, lot bigger climbs. Also a bigger field as well. I think that pay, plays a big role uh, when doing a half. I think uh, if, you, if you've trained for a half, you should try and get closer to the front of the, of the, of the starting groups because um, there's nothing like waiting 10 minutes 
to get through that starting area once the gun has gone off. I mean, you've got the nerves going, you're anxious as it is, you want to get the half underway, and you end up being at the back of the field thinking to yourself, man, oh man, I've got to push through all these people to try yeah. and at least space myself out and get a good time. Um, so, yeah, in terms of the routes between the two, I'd say that the uh, the um, Archer's Gun Run, a lot flatter, uh, a lot of PBs this past weekend. A lot of people said personal best and was a blistering winning time. Uh, a lot of mates of mine turned around and said, listen, I, I did a 118, I did a 117, wow. which I was envious. I mean, you hear times like that and you think, I aspire uh, to crack a 118 one day. Absolutely. You know? and, I mean, what is your PB as a matter of interest? Uh, 127. Okay, that's So fantastic. I've cracked the 90, and, I, and that's a big thing to do. And I've wanted to crack the 90 for the for the two oceans half and, and the gun run. This year, uh, coming back from an injury, I was just outside of that. But next year, for sure, for both of those halves, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and crack the 90. So, I mean, you'd say you, you train Monday through Friday, afternoon type running, or, yeah. or maybe sometimes around about lunchtime. Um, what are the races that you do week in, week out? I mean, are there big races you have on your racing calendar? Not really, not as such. I mean, again, it's, it's about sticking to maybe the big ones, and nothing's better for me than that, again, that alone time and space on a Saturday to maybe do a slightly longer run, to maybe do a 20-odd kilometer through the Winelands in the Cape, uh, or through, yeah, just to take a drive out to the beach and do a, 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 a section of beach in the Western Cape that starts in the Seapoint area, goes up over into Camps Bay, maybe if you're feeling a little daring up over uh, Sakerbosi into Hart Bay. Uh, it's just magnificent, and uh, that I try and gear in on a Saturday morning, and then obviously the important thing, and this is, I think, a big thing for runners, especially runners that are addicted to running like I am, is to take a rest day. Uh, I could easily get up and actually do a seven-day running week, easily. I think it, would, it wouldn't even, you know, it wouldn't yeah. bother me to get up and do a run, a seven-day run a, a, a week, um, a seven-day running week, but you need to take that rest day. And for me, that's the thing that kills me, is having to rest on the days that I should. Well, And I hear you on that. And I think it's the, a lot of runners are very guilty of not taking. I mean, I know this year before Comrades, I mean, a lot of people said, oh, I'm just going to do a run two or three days before. I mean, there's yeah. no gain, <laughs> no gain whatsoever. But you get that sort of like, I'm going to get unfit. Yeah. I mean, you don't get unfit don't get, no. with a week. You know? Correct. Uh, now, uh, as far as uh, supplements uh, and yeah. that sort of thing, Ryan, I mean, do you take any supplements on the 21s or do you just no. go with water? No, I go with water. I try and get in a good breakfast before I go. Normally, it's something with oats and bananas and uh, bananas with the potassium, kind of get the legs and the cramps, keep that away. But I, I tend to not shift that, 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 the diet too much around big races. I keep it going as is, hydrate a lot before. And I'm a big love of red meat and a nice frosty uh, on the weekend. I don't steer away from the red wine and the, uh, the cold beverages. And for me, to have to cut down the day before a race, I'll maybe only instead of having two beers, have won. Uh, but I try and keep the alcohol consumption to a minimum before doing any kind of a big run. But uh, other than that, it's eating as per usual. And I love my carbs, Parky, got to say. Well, now I was going to ask you about carbs because, of course, down the road from the studios here at uh, Greenpoint is Professor Tim Noakes, who's cha- yes. changed his, his ideology completely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's saying now no carbs, only protein. Yeah. Um, have you have you looked into what he's saying? Have you got any thoughts on on his uh, on his current state? You know, I I, I, I must be honest and say, you know, uh, different horses for different courses. I I am, have the tried and tested steak before with a little bit of spinach for the for the iron. That's my meal before a big run, and that works for me. I feel great during and after a run, before a run, uh, and up until such time as where the steak and 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 little glass of red wine, beer, whatever before a, a big run doesn't work for me. I, I'm I'm going to stick to that. I'm going to stick to those the, those kind of guns. I eat a lot of pasta building up, having said that, lots of carbs. I do do the carbs thing before a run, but that's having said that, not the day before a race because it's not going to help. Uh, maybe a, a two nights, three nights prior to 
a big run. Okay, so Ryan and Conor, before we finish off, yeah. uh, you run, you do these various races in Cape Town. You're known by everybody in Cape Town, clearly, because you're on the breakfast show and have been for many years. Do you get that fame thing when you're running along? They go, ah, oh, there's Ryan and Conor. Hello, Ryan. Listen, I've got to tell you, it happens all the time in the Northern Suburbs. I love Cape Town. I love the Western Cape. And uh, a lot of the time I, I get a hoot and a wave, and it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal to know, uh, and especially all the other runners in the area as well. I think there's a, a, a nice, you know, community of people that are out and active, and everyone knows one another. There's hoots, there's smiles, there's waves, and the occasional stop for a photograph, which I'll gladly do <laughs> any given day of the week when I'm training. <laughs> Ryan O'Connor, thank you very much for talking to us on uh, Run Talk SA, and we hope to see you on the road very, very soon. Can't wait. Thanks for the chat, Parky. One of the things uh, on the South African running, I don't want to say calendar, but uh, in South African running circles is that Green Nedbank Runner's Guide book that everybody has a copy of. Uh, if you want to know what races are happening, where and when, uh, that's almost like your Bible when it comes to road running here in South Africa. And uh, yeah, really pleased to have the author on Run Talk SA this week, Tom Cottrell. Welcome onto the show. Thanks for, for taking the time to catch up with us. Brad, thanks for having me. Tom, I, I say thanks for taking the time to catch up with this, uh, with us. It's hectic for you now because it's obviously deadlines and getting everything ready for, for 2014. Oh, yes. And if I miss the deadline, it, it's a tough one. Um, there's always big trouble. And I've only missed one in 23 years. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Tom, tell us, I mean, you're saying 23 years. That book has been around for a long, long time. Tell us how it, how it all started. Well, it started when I had a motor car accident and I was a reasonably handy runner and found that I couldn't run anymore because I had broken both my ankles. And uh, so instead of running, I decided, well, I would do the correspondence course and I sat down and I wrote about the, the races that I was missing. And uh, before long, it became like a collection of race descriptions, and someone said, hey, that is a, for a book, and I thought, you're absolutely right, and really, that's how the uh, Runner's Guide is born. And it's, I mean, it's evolved into a book, I mean, I, I joke about it being the Bible of road running in South Africa, but if you want to know what's happening on any weekend around the country, that is the go-to guide. Yeah, I have to say it is. It, it's, I mean, did you think it was going to turn into that when you, when you first started doing it? No, you know, Brad, when I started writing the book, it was more for my own safety than anything else. And I look back on it now, and, um, yeah, this is the 23rd edition, and I'm astounded that it's, it's turned into, uh, a living for me. Um, I must say that just, I didn't realize it until I did the count this morning, but that Nedbank has been on the cover of that book now for 10 years. And I would have never believed that. Wow, that's awesome. That's one thing about Nedbank is, is they're really, they're really good when it comes to sort of building relationships in sports. I mean, if you look at some of the, 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 the sort of races and that, that they sponsor, they've been with the races for a long, long time. So if they sort of like what you're doing and, the, and they buy into what you're doing, it's, it's a long-term sort of relationship you can, you can get developed with them. Yes, it is. I think what's also worked with me is that it's been a good, uh, shall we call it a conversation. It's, um, they know exactly what I do, and I have a good understanding of what they want to get out of it. And for both of us, I think it has worked. 
It sounds it sounds brilliant, Tom. Just a, a quick one. I mean, we have a lot of people who listen to the show who are involved with running clubs and that as well. And it must be quite challenging for for you to sort of keep the races updated and and making sure that the information year after year is accurate. What are some of the challenges that you come in? The reason I'm asking is this: if somebody's on on a committee of a running club and they put on a race, it might help them to know what will help you put out a better product so that they can have the right information for their race in your book? Oh, Brad, you know, I think the biggest challenge with the runner's guide is the dynamic nature, nature of the calendar. Um, that I know that as we've put the, the runner's guide to bed right now, that by the time it gets to the printer, uh, three or four races are going to change their details. But I also know that by the time uh, the book hits the shelves, a good 20 races have changed something. So I think the biggest challenge for the book has always been the dynamic nature of the calendar. And that is why uh, a number of years ago, uh, we, saw, we saw that it was wise to have a website. And I must say that website now is very lively in that we the cancelled races, which happen now, I must tell you, at a rate of about three or four a week. But the real challenge is to keep track of all of those changes. Yeah, I mean, you, you talk about turning into living. It's a full-time job, isn't it? It, it is now. Uh, at, uh, I suppose in the earlier days, uh, we would get cracking round about uh, May or June. But it is. Right now, this, this office is busy. Um, 12, 12 months in the year, uh, keeping track of, of, of races and um, updating the, the, the race calendar. Tom, it's an interesting one. You say you, you realize that because of the changes, you needed to go sort of online and, and build a website, which you, you've got now as well. This is just an interesting one, and, and I think most sort of uh, publishers are probably battling with this, but print itself, I mean, is it is it dying? I mean, have have you seen, as, as technology's improved with regards to the internet and obviously iPads and iPhones and, and tablets and that sort of thing, have you seen your numbers steadily decline as your web traffic and that's in, in increased? Brad, at best I've seen that the book sales have been stagnant. Uh, there, there has been little growth in book sales, but... Um, Counterbalance to that, I've seen massive growth in the number of hits that I'm taking on my websites, and there are three of them. Um, I've also seen a big growth in, we send out a weekly email newsletter telling people of the race changes and what's coming and what's been. And um, a couple of years ago, I joked with Medbank, uh, they were helping me set it up, that we, we struggled to get... Uh, 200 names that we could send this newsletter to. And at the last count, we're hitting 40,000 names. So it's a big newsletter that's going to a lot of people. And so I would say that the challenge, I don't think the book will entirely disappear, but um, I've definitely seen the emphasis being on electronic media. Yeah, I mean, the ele electronic side of things are, are growing so much, hence this show uh, as an example. But but you guys are, are keeping up with the times. I mean, you, you're in the process of developing sort of apps for, for, for Apple and that sort of thing. Tell us a bit about that. That is correct. Uh, we did it as an experiment last year, Brad, um, that I, I put the runner's guide onto an iPad app. It was a rather clunky. It was just a, a, a PDF Um copy a PDF edition of the book that, that was on an iPad. 
but it was still it was extremely well uh, received and on the apple store in in the sports category it uh, reached uh, number 2 in in its rankings so um i'm very excited to bring it out again and i'm, I'm it's a lot more of an elegant offering but i think more importantly this year what i'm also doing is that i'm i'm developing an iphone app that's going to take uh, the runner's guide into a whole new orbit Sounds sounds awesome. And then, Tom, you also mentioned that that's, you don't just have the runner's guide. You've got a, a few others as well. Tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, that's right. The, the first iPhone app that I'm bringing out, and I hope to launch it at the at the Discam Swimathon City, uh, that will be the Swimmer's Guide. Um, and I'm, we, we're pretty excited about that one because it's an experiment more than anything else, just to see if it works. But, uh, you know, the guys have worked very hard on it. And we're about good to go. So there is an iPhone app uh, that will be coming out for swimming. Um, and, of course, uh, each one of these has a website and newsletters, also Twitter and Facebook and the whole catastrophe. And then, of course, there is cycling as well, which uh, will also have the same suite of offerings. Sounds sounds brilliant, Tom. You you work in, in in many different spheres. Obviously, the swimming, cycling, and running. There's a debate that's been raging for years. Who who's who's the tougher breed, cyclists or runners? You you know both. Come on, give us an answer. Uh, you know, <laughs> coming out of a running background, <laughs> I'd have to say that uh, the tough guys are the runners. Uh, well, we we won't get you to ask that uh, answer that question when we chat to you on our cycling one. Okay. <laughs> I might have a different answer for you for that one. <laughs> Tom Cottrell, it, it's awesome, man. Uh, just before we let you go, uh, if people want to, obviously now, I mean, we're heading towards the end of the year, so so the book sales for 2013, yeah. um, I mean, you could probably still could find one now and, and then, but 2014 is obviously the big one. Where can people find your book, and, and from when will they be on shelves? Um, Brad, if all goes well, by uh, the tough one, that's, Towards the end of November, the, I, I normally uh, launch the book, and I see that we are pretty much on track to do that. Uh, it's through all the bookstores, uh, through the book trade, which is CNA, Exclusives, and Estral, plus all of the smaller ones. And then also through the sports stores, which is uh, Sportsman's Warehouse and uh, the Sweat Shop and Runaway Sport. So I put it into the sports stores as well. And I've also got a, a small... Um, shall we call it an informal market. Main, it's more active up here in Johannesburg uh, where you can buy uh, your your uh, runner's guide um, normally at races out in the car park. Okay, brilliant. And, and and the interesting thing with that book, I mean, you're talking about the tough one, that's November, so it'll be available before Christmas. So it, it, it makes a great Christmas gift for a runner in your life. Uh, I mean, what else do you give a runner who's got everything? Uh, 40 million t-shirts he doesn't need another t-shirt he, <laughs> <laughs> he needs a runner's guide and then as far as he the, needs his new runner's guide exactly. that's right and then as far as the online space the website where can people find you online uh, you can find me online at um, runner's guide www.runnersguide.co.za awesome Tom what I'll do is I'll pop the link up to that website on our site as well in the show notes for this episode of Run Talk SA so people can go directly there I mean I'm sure they know about the site and that's where they check their races anyway but it's always cool to just just catch up and see how the process works on on one of these books and and how how to sort of uh, go about how, how you go about putting it all together 
This last week, the Cathita Spirit of the Comrades Awards Gala was held once again. And for those of you wondering what the hell Cathita stands for, I can tell you it's Culture, Arts, Tourism, Hospitality and Sports Sector Education and Training Authority. Phew, that put, is put, a put, rather put that, big put mouth. Put that on a business card, Parky. Exactly. You'd need not a business card, but an A4 piece of paper. Uh, anyway, Brad went down there, and what they do at these awards, and a lot of you probably may not have heard of these awards, but they're very, very special. There's about 100 to 150 people and important people that attend, and they have an award ceremony, and they basically give awards to individuals who've made a difference. Uh, the actual press release was sent to me, and uh, I'll read part of it too. It said, the Spirit of the Comrades um, Awards Gala celebrates three awesome individuals annually for their very human attributes. Uh, of selflessness, dedication, perseverance, and Ubuntu, combined with their love for the ultimate human race. Now, let me tell you, there's a number of people who've been awarded this particular honor. And, uh, well, let me go through a little list for you um, to let you know who those people are. But we're talking of people of high standard when it comes to the Comrades Marathon. Uh, for example, we're talking about Jackie Mettler and uh, Alan Robb. Um, we're talking about people like... Bruce Fordyce, obviously he's there. There's uh, female athletes like Frith van der Merwe, um, and, and, and Brian Goddard and Hank Mayer, and there's a whole whack of people. Frankie Cowdery's there as well. A whole lot of really, really big names uh, make up this list of honors um, for these actual awards. And I'm glad to say, and once again I go back to a press release, which I'm going to read verbatim, I'm glad to say that our very own Brad Brown was the first recipient this year of the Comrades Award. And uh, it says here, the first Spirit of Comrades Awardee was Brad Brown. Brad has worked tirelessly over the past four years to raise money for uh, charity campaigns. Not only did he overcome major physical obstacles to complete the Comrades Marathon several times, but Brad had very selflessly given his time and effort to set up um, the Race for Charity website and inspired the special CC charity seeding batch to motivate runners to raise funds for charity. Uh, the Race for Charity initiative um, has raised uh, 2.4 million rand for the Amma BDBD charities uh, with Brad and Brad and he continues to inspire Comrades Marathon runners uh, to race for charity and support the greater good. Uh, for his sterling efforts, Brad was awarded the coveted Spirit of Comrades medallion, which is, in actual fact, uh, what is it? One ounce of pure gold? Yeah, I'm sitting holding it in my hand as we speak, Parky. It's uh, yeah, it's a beautiful little thing. I'll pop a picture up on the website as well. I did did pop one up on the social media networks too. But it's uh, yeah, it's an amazing award, and I'm I'm truly truly humbled. Yeah, well, I know that you said, hey, let's not talk about this too much. I don't want to talk about myself, but I think you know what, Brad. I mean, it, it is one of those things that it's a once in a lifetime you get awarded an opportunity like this. And I know, and if I go back and think about when you started. Uh, training for this. I mean, you were in actual fact rather overweight at that time, and this is well documented, and um, I, know, I know that you've used it as an inspirational part of your talks to, to various comrades hopefuls. Uh, but you were overweight at the time, you lost a lot of weight, you ran it for the first time, uh, literally a couple of weeks after your mother had unfortunately passed away uh, with cancer, uh, and you didn't make it that, that year, there was just too much, and then you went back and did it again. But the charity angle has been hugely successful. And I think uh, one has to take their hat off and, and say, well done. I'm certainly very proud to be your partner on uh, Run Talk SA and uh, being able to uh, to say congratulations in, in this format. So 
I think take your hat off and uh, take a little bow and uh, continue doing the hard work. You really will really do deserve it. Oh, cheers, Pocky. I appreciate that. And I said it on Friday night. I, I, I am. I'm truly, truly humbled by this. And, and I feel like I've gotten more out of the race than I've given to the race. I mean, the last four years, this journey that, that I've gone just from a physical perspective, from losing all the weight and completing the race uh, has changed me. And, and I'm absolutely in love with the race now. So to be able to give something back is, is, is pretty cool. But, but also to know that I've, I've done something for the race that's, that's changed the race uh, and, and it'll be there forever. I think that's pretty cool too, and it, it's great getting the award. But for me, that satisfaction of knowing that I've left my fingerprint on on the comrades' marathon is 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 inspiring. Because I, I yeah, I mean, I love the race, and and I still can't believe that uh, something I've done has have, has almost changed the course of history when it comes to comrades. Absolutely, and uh, of course, you weren't the only person there. There was another two people, and I mean, it, I don't know whether this is a good or bad omen, but uh, at the same time, you were on stage with an Australian winning an award as well by the name of uh, Joseph. Todd, tell us about him. Yeah, Parky, I actually caught up with him and, and I've got a bit of an interview with him as well. What an amazing guy. He came out to run his first Comrades uh, this year and, and he was running with, with another Aussie girl who, uh, and as he'll explain, she ended up getting into a bit of trouble and, and collapsed and he stood on the side of the road with her and made sure that she got medical attention. Uh, he was with her for nearly an hour and a half. Uh, eventually made sure she was okay and the paramedics had taken care of her and then he carried on running and he ended up finishing the race I mean it's a phenomenal story uh, yeah, just an, an amazing guy. He flew out for literally for the weekend from Melbourne to come and get his award, and it was so well deserved as well. Fantastic. Look forward to hearing those, and uh, of course, I'm sure you've got something to say about Vincent O'Neill as well, the British runner uh, who ran the grueling uh, 89 kilometer distance uh, uh, to drum up support for that endangered rhino. And I saw that guy. I mean, I passed him, uh, and then he passed me, and then I passed him, and I don't know where he finished, but I remember seeing him and thinking to myself, my goodness me. How could anyone want to run uh, a, a, ra a race like this, which has got to be one of the toughest races on the planet, uh, wearing a rhino suit? And it was hot as hell. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it, Parky. This year was, was the hottest comrades in, in living memory, and he ran it in a rhino suit. That suit weighs 12 kilograms. Uh, and he did it in that, in the heat, and, and he finished in a comfortable bronze, believe it or not, uh, in, in sub-11 hours. And, yeah, his, his story is amazing as well, and I've got some, some news from him too. Okay, so there we go. Uh, that's all coming up right now, but once again, just congratulations to Brad. Uh, good job. And if you want to see the one-ounce gold medal, which only 43, I think, people have got, uh, quickly go over to our website, uh, www.runtalksa.co.za. And uh, you'll see a picture of that, uh, that fantastic medal that Brad has won um, this last weekend. Uh, we had the Comrades, uh, Spirit of Comrades Awards down in Durban this weekend and, and some great uh, awards being handed out. And one of the recipients of the Comrades, uh, Spirit of Comrades Award is, is Joseph Tull all the way from Melbourne, Australia. Joseph, you ran your, your first Comrades in, in 2013. That's correct. Before we get on to what you did at that race, I mean, how did, how did you find the experience of Comrades? Life-changing. Life-changing. There's nothing like this event in Melbourne. And to fly all the way across the world and experience the event, the people, the atmosphere, it was life-changing. I mean, your story was shared tonight with, with a guest at this event, and, and it's mind-boggling. I mean, you, you're obviously a pretty decent runner. Uh, I mean, marathon PB, what, what would you be running a marathon in? Oh, three and a half hours. All right, so you're, you're a good runner. What, what were you hoping to achieve at Comrades? Coming out, you've obviously done the work. What was your goal? The goal was to finish in sub-nine. All right, so you were going for a bull row on your first one. Obviously, things happen on race day that, that 
didn't go according to plan. Tell us what, what actually happened race day this year. What happened was the weather got to us. I ran with Joanne. The plan was to run together for the, the whole nine hours. And she just mistaken dehydration for her diabetes. She was, it was pretty much bad luck. She had contaminated strips that she measures her blood glucose levels with. She measured it really high. She took too much insulin and she started to become disorientated, unresponsive, and in the end almost comatized. How far into the race was this? 56 k's into the race. Right, so you still had you still had a long way down. 30 k's to go. You were two thirds through. What happened? I mean, she. You say she was almost comatose. I mean, she she pretty much almost collapsed basically. And she was she was collapsed. We sat by the side of the road, hoping she would regain some form of composure. Walked it off a bit. Tried to warm up, but she just didn't come around. In the end, I had to. I had the help of a fellow Australian digger help us help me drag her to the medical tent. All right, so you got her to the medical tent. You obviously were very concerned with, with the state she was in, so you, you stuck around to make sure that she was well taken care of and, and was getting the attention she needed? That's correct. Uh, her parents were waiting for us at the next stop, and I had no contact with them, and there was no way I was going to leave her side and run off on her and tell her parents that she's somewhere back there. There was no way I was going to leave her side. I promised her that I'll stick with her throughout the race. And so I did. Right. So, so you, you, you made sure she got medical attention and, and was well taken care of. How long did that take? I had a doctor pass by, a fellow comrades runner, who stopped, tried to help, but without the necessary gear. He had to just keep going and run. We waited for 45 minutes for a paramedic to finally arrive, and once they arrived, they tested her blood glucose and advised us to give her some sugar, which I did, which we did. And in the end, she slowly recovered. Only when she fully recovered that I was happy to leave, knowing that she was fine and in proper care. And then, and then you had to haul your, your backside to, to get to the finish and, and finish this race? It was much easier when you're not running against the clock. And I ran with an extra spring in my step, knowing what I've done. So it made it a lot easier to enjoy the rest of the race. Right. And what did you end up finishing in? Uh, 11.16. 11.16. I, I just think that's phenomenal. I mean, you, you stood on the side of the road, I'm guessing it was probably an hour, hour and a half until till you ended up going again? Yep. I mean, that, that's a phenomenal story. And, and 11.16, it's, it's not a bull rowing, it's a, it's a Vic Clapham, but yep. you treasure the medal. It's something that you, you're really proud of. Time in the medals don't mean anything. I would, I would have been happy not to finish the race if it, it meant that she was all right. So if she, if she needed extra attention, if I had to go with her to the hospital, I would have done that. I mean, that's an amazing story. So you, you finished two, two and a quarter hours longer than, than, than what you wanted. 2013 was probably the toughest conditions. I mean, the guys have been talking about it here. It's probably one of the hardest comrades in living memory, just weather-wise. So, I mean, 11-16, I mean, where a third of the field didn't finish, that's a great result. Are you coming back in 2014 to get that elusive bull road? Definitely. You're back. Joanne's coming back as well. We're going to break nine hours together. Love it. We've signed up. Love it. Joseph, uh, congratulations, mate. Well deserved on the award. Uh, And to you as well. Thank you very much. Welcome back to SA. And and yeah, it's a a quick in and out for you for the weekend, but we'll definitely catch up when you're back in in 2014. Looking forward to sharing the road with you again. Definitely. Well, the Spirit of Comrades Award is, as you say, such an accolade of note. Uh, I am absolutely delighted and uh, actually very humbled uh, to be given this recognition by the Comrades Association. Um, The Comrades is such an amazing event. 
and it takes such a degree of commitment to, to take it on and complete it successfully. Um, so I'm very pleased. I'm also very pleased for the folks at Save the Rhino International uh, to be recognized for the work that they do in South Africa and elsewhere. I think my passion to be involved with the Save the Rhino, uh, Save the Rhino International, it, it really comes from the fact that the problem is still getting worse. Um, I think most people will know that still more than two rhinos a day are killed in South Africa uh, so far this year, and already the numbers are higher than the whole of last year. Um, and I see a small but really determined team at Save the Rhino International that are working so hard to develop the right sort of strategies and interventions uh, to try and rebalance this situation. So anything that I can do uh, to be involved in that and help with that, I just think is fantastic. Uh, Comrades is indeed an epic road race, uh, and of course I've only done one event, 2013 was my first, so I recognise I'm a complete amateur compared to many people in the room there this evening, uh, but I found uh, the ethos of the event and the support that wraps around Comrades to be absolutely fantastic uh, and very inspiring, and it was by far the most challenging but pleasing event I've ever been involved with. The conditions for the 2013 Comrades event were different in that they, it was quite hot and it was it was certainly windy. Um, and that made running in the 12 kilogram rhino suit uh, a bit trickier uh, and the conditions in the suit were certainly a bit funky, definitely towards the end. Uh, but uh, I, I really want to thank uh, a group of African runners who met with me at the start, uh, came up and said hello uh, and decided to run with me the whole of the event. So they ran with me the whole distance. Uh, they supported me. They fed me at the stations. Uh, they even helped me with cramps uh, at certain points around the course. Uh, and I'm in no doubt that without that support from those runners, uh, I would not have made it round in a 10 hours 40 or so. Um, a, a totally selfless um, support from them. So I just wanted to thank them um, for that for that amazing contribution. I'm not sure yet whether I'll be personally taking part in the Comrades event next year, uh, but I can say that the team Rhino will be back, uh, so I would ask everybody to support them as best as they possibly can at next year's event. I think for me the defining feature about the Comrades has to be the, the sense of challenge. Uh, you've got some pretty serious hills over there, um, uh, but also it was the sense of common spirit, I think, in seeking to overcome that challenge. Um, and uh, it was wonderful to be part of that. And of course, it's even more wonderful to be recognized uh, with this Spirit of, of Comrades uh, Award. Um, and I actually just want to thank the Comrades Association and everyone else involved for that recognition on behalf of myself and Save the Rhino International. And I hope everybody there has an absolutely wonderful evening. Uh, and I just apologize that we're not there to share it with you. Well, that's it uh, from Run Talk SA this week. Uh, thank you to all our guests. Thanks to Ryan O'Connor, Tom Cottrell, uh, as well as Vincent and Joseph. Uh, yeah, amazing lineup this week and, and some pretty inspiring stories too, I might add. Hopefully uh, by this time next week, Parky, I'll be sounding a lot better. Well, it can't get worse, or could it? I don't know. We'll have to wait until next week. Uh, of course, if you would like to get in contact with us, we'd love to hear your stories. We say this every week, and if you uh, hear of anything that you think uh, the rest of South Africa or indeed the world needs to know about, then just email us, please, if you would do. And uh, the address is podcast at runtalksa.co.za. You can also leave a recorded message by uh, going to our website and just clicking on the 
the button there. It's pretty easy. I actually did it last week. I don't know if you got my message, Brad, but I sent a little love uh, message to you. Um, just saying, how's it you chop, I think was the exact terminology I used. Um, so if you'd like to leave a message there, then please feel free to do so. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, and that's it. You can also follow us on, on, on Twitter as well, at RunTalkSA, or like us on Facebook. Just search for RunTalkSA. So until next week, from myself, Brad, have yourself a brilliant week of running. And from me, Simon Parkinson, enjoy the running, and we'll see you next uh, week. 